This episode of the Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Sales Leadership United. Since 2019, Sales Leadership United has grown to become the largest collection of sales leadership assets in the world. Check out salesleadershipunited.com and tap into tools used by elite sales leaders worldwide. Accelerate your leadership development. Solve modern sales challenges. Use fully prepped sales meetings in your next team meeting. Thousands of hours of sales leadership materials indexed and searchable with a single click. Create your own personal sales leadership library. Head to salesleadershipunited.com and use the code ROB at signup to get a free trial on me. Hi, I'm Rob Jepson, and my mission is to help sales leaders everywhere create record-setting growth from the companies they lead. I'm here to share the secrets of the world's most successful sales leaders. I don't care how big the company or how big the team, we showcase sales leaders who are taking what the market gives and then some. This show features leaders of teams who are beating their markets, winning at crazy rates, and creating life-changing years for the people they lead. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Sales Leadership United, the world's largest collection of sales leadership assets. Be sure to check out the all-new salesleadershipunited.com. Fast-track your sales leadership development, gain insights into how other sales leaders are solving challenges similar to the ones you face, and tap into over 400 leadership topics, hundreds of video insights, battle-tested leadership frameworks, and new material that comes out every single week. Sales Leadership United is the easiest investment in yourself you'll ever make. Head to salesleadershipunited.com, use the code ROB at signup, and get a free trial on me. Now, get ready for some serious insights from sales leaders who are making it happen. And remember, don't worry, we got you. Hello, and welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast, where high-growth sales leaders share high-growth practices and tactics. I hope you're off to a fast start in 2024. I hope you're on your way to engineering the greatest year in your company's history, because that's what we're asked to do every single year. Make this year the greatest year we've ever had, and after you do it, next year, it's got to be the greatest you've ever had. So I appreciate your support of the show. I appreciate all those messages you send me sharing on how the show has helped you in your life and in your career. And I promise you, today's going to be another good one. Today's going to be a different kind of show with a different kind of guest. In our five-year history and on five occasions, we have brought elite marketers to join the show, but we have never brought an elite operations leader to join the show. And that changes today. My work with sales leaders around the world has expanded to work with leaders in all disciplines with market leaders in almost every industry. And I've had some amazing experiences working with these leaders and learning from them and with them. So today I'm going to bring you one that I really like working with and I know you're going to really like learning from. I want to introduce Bronson Terry. Bronson Terry is a district manager for Sodexo's campus division. Bronson leads a large team that supports universities and their facilities management services for universities across the Southwest United States. He's doubled down on how to lead leaders and he equips them to lead their customer facing teams to create elite experiences for the people on campus and do it in a way that meets important financial expectations for both Sodexo and the campuses that hire them. Now, cards on the table, I've worked closely with Bronson for a year. I know him pretty well, and I've been blown away by his ability to implement leadership concepts in a way that creates life-changing years for those he leads and does it in a way that creates organizationally accepted and implemented approaches that have changed how one of the largest organizations in the world operates. 
Our conversation today is going to be so relevant to you. I am confident this is going to be a game changer. Now, this is going to be a different kind of episode, but what I know you're going to be pumped to listen to. I can't wait to get the messages and the feedback from you after this one. We're going to discuss one of the most important leadership concepts I found, and we're going to talk about how it might change your entire career. So let's get after it. Bronson, welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast, and thank you for joining me. Thanks, Rob. I am I'm really excited to be here, and I'm super grateful uh, for the work that we've done together, and uh, I'm just excited to share it and hope it's beneficial to somebody who listens. It's going to be. I, I know this audience, and I know you, and I can't wait, man. It's it's good to bring you to 50,000 sales leaders, man, and so uh, they're going to love you, okay? They're going to love you, and and uh, let, let's hit it. Let's just get after it. Why don't we start by having you introduce Sodexo um, and what, what you guys do for your customers, and then specifically your role as a leader, because you got a really important role in, in, in what you do, and so let's set the table for our listeners before we dive into what I think is going to be a really important conversation. Yeah, so Sodexo is a, a global organization, and <clears throat> we we make life better every day for our customers through um, a variety of services, primarily in food and facilities, and I have the privilege of working in our facilities division, um, and, uh, you know, I've, I have this great opportunity to work with uh, teams and customers throughout the Southwest United States. Um, you know, we, we really help our, our clients with facilities needs just solve their big problems and and uh, allow them to focus on what's most important to them, uh, their students. And uh, so, yeah, our, our experiences together have just been uh, so vital in in changing and elevating what we can do for, for our customers and I can do for our customers. It's been a lot of fun. Now you have a number of of people that report to you that are leading that facility, and each facility is a, a university a campus situation across the United States. So you're leading leaders, right? Yeah, yeah. So I've got uh, I oversee multiple universities, and each of those universities uh, we have a director who oversees our on-site services and our teams there. And so my my role is really um, strategic development of our business. Uh, ensuring that we're delivering really quality uh, operations to our clients, um, great facility services, uh, innovating and growing and, and being able to do things um, differently and, uh, you know, really um, just making, making the experience ultimately for the students to be really positive. Well, the other things I'll share with our listeners that they might get it, they might find interesting to get a kick out of is I remember when you first introduced, when you and me first met, because Sodexo hired me and we met, it takes a couple of sessions to get to know each other a little bit. One of the things you shared with me is that you kind of were the fixer. They would send you around to places to, to solve problems. And I, I always had this impression, and I, I don't know if I told you this, but my listeners will like this. You were the wolf in, uh, Pulp Fiction. I don't know if you've seen that movie, but there's a guy who's the fixer. They call him the wolf. And whenever there's a problem, they send this guy in to solve problems. And that's kind of a role that you've also had is when there's challenges, you're one of the ones who gets sent in to be a fixer. Is that also accurate? Yeah, I've I've had a lot of great opportunities um, uh, fixing. Uh, I, I like to problem solve and I feel like I'm pretty good at it. And uh, so I, I really just, uh, I have a very hands-on approach with my leadership. Um, I like to get in with the teams, 
listen, hear what's going on, pick apart the problems, um, and then <clears throat> collaborate with the leaders on those teams to come up with, with solutions that really address the root of the problem um, rather than just putting a band-aid on it. And, and so we've, we've had a lot of fun um, over the last several years, uh, not only just fixing problems, but really building um, gold standard, uh, yes. world-class operations. And uh, I, I think that collaborative approach with, with leaders and, and just, you know, getting into the weeds and, and touch it and feel it and smell it and taste it. And, and you can really understand, um, you know, what, what needs to happen. And um, so, yeah, I, I have a lot of, um, <clears throat> I find a lot of fulfillment in, in that kind of a experience. And I'm sitting in this a little longer than sometimes I do. I just want our listeners to get a feel for you before we dive into what I think is a really important topic that I can't wait to share. But uh, many of our listeners have done their leadership philosophy, uh, Bronson, which I know you've done. You and me, you and I have worked on that together. And, and we have over a thousand people that get content from Sales Leadership United. And a big part of Sales Leadership United is teaching people how to build a leadership philosophy. And one of the things that stands out for me is you built your leadership philosophy is one of the words you just said, gold standard in operations. You, you want to be, you're someone who intentionally chases excellence, gold standards, the very best. And you don't get trapped on where I am. You are in hot pursuit of gold standard. You are in hot pursuit of excellence. You are in hot pursuit of saying, I want to, our team to be known as the very best, not in just what we do, but maybe more important, how we do it. Is that an accurate representation of who you are at the core as a leader? Yeah, I, I just, I, I really resonate with this, this idea of being a builder and a creator. Maybe that's part of the reason I got into yep. FM. And, um, you know, as as I look at building and creating, um, like you said, Rob, <clears throat> I want to be the very, very best at everything. Let's go. <laughs> and uh, so so we've really been just super intentional this last year about uh, this idea that that's kind of centered around this this um, leadership philosophy of building the very, very best. <clears throat> and um, whether that's uh, building the very, very best teams, uh, the best programs and operations, delivering the very best experiences for our clients, um, you know, the sort of the broad swath of it. And, and my leadership philosophy um, dovetails into all of those areas. But yeah, I, I just, um, this idea of excellence is so um, exhilarating. I, I had the opportunity in college to sing with a group and and I remember uh, something that resonated with me from that experience was, um, you know, perfection is not is not always possible, but excellence is something that we can always achieve and um, and that we can continue to elevate. And so uh, that's something I've chased for my my whole life, um, and just have been a whole lot more intentional about chasing it um, as we've worked together, Rob. I love that. What a nugget! I I'm a third of the way down the page in notes right now. And if all our listeners get is while perfection may not be possible, I agree. Perfection screws up progress fast, right? Excellence is something we can always achieve. And I like that. I hope our listeners have written that down. So with that in mind that you are a, 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 an intentional chaser of excellence, that's going to make what we're about to talk about even make more sense, I think. Okay. 
Um, so, let, so let's go. As an operations leader, you have this responsibility to fuel the growth for your company two ways. You got to provide an elite customer experience and you get you get like a, a, a score from the customer, what that score looks like. Uh, but you also have to do it in a way that creates predictable financial performance. So you have financial, you have a experience goal you got to hit, a financial goal you got to hit, but the financial one's important to Sodexo, but also to the campus. Like it's got to work both ways. So you've got a tiger by the tail, no doubt. And a big part of your job is to fuel that growth without burning out your team, which is another really important thing that you guys have to think about. So my question is, you used a word that's one of my favorites, and I'm not surprised you use it because we use it as we work together. How important has it been for you to be intentional about the way you choose growth uh, as a leader and as you lead your leaders? Yeah, you know, um, the the nature of facilities Rob, uh, management, Rob, is uh, there there's there's a really strong vein of reactivity in it uh you know a student for example uh is sick and and vomits in the hallway you got to clean it up <laughs> a, a, a water line breaks and uh you know you got water running down the main street you got to clean it up you got to fix it and and so as as facilities leaders um i think it takes a lot of intentional focus um to to take that firefighter hat off and put your captain's hat on and uh so you know with with uh the challenges that that happen in the everyday operation uh it, i think uh you know for the for the leaders that i lead the directors uh, this this idea of of being really intentional um is is just critical. We 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 have to get out of the firefighting mode. We have to get into the captain mode, and and so you know some of the things that that I know we're going to talk about today um, have just been um, life changing for both me and for my team to to focus on this intentional um, excellence and and growth and uh, and to step away from a mindset that is. Uh, you know, sort of baked in to the to the uh, the industry that we work in. Yeah, and so that's why I, I found, and you just you just started here. Our leaders experience the same thing. Status quo has a really big gravitational pull, right? We get stuck into this is the way we've done things, and it, the longer you've done it, the stronger that gravitational pull. So intentionality. I found Newton's laws of motion have a lot more to do with an apple hitting a dude on the head as he sat underneath the apple tree uh, than than maybe even he thought. You know, the first of Newton's laws of motion is the law of inertia. Objects at rest stay at rest. Objects in motion stay in motion. And us as leaders, we have to be that thing that either breaks it from the status quo or law two is the law of acceleration. How do we create that force that makes things go faster? And so, uh, so I love that you're so intentional. So, so as we were looking at ways to be intentional, as you were looking at ways to be intentional, one of the seven C's of leadership that I talk about a lot and we, I share them in Sales Leadership United, you and I have been working on them. One of them is capacity. It's the fifth of the, of the it's the fifth of the, no, yeah, the fifth of the seven C's and um, capacity is how we create dry powder. You, you can't create growth as a leader unless you can find ways to create capacity because we're busy. 
And so we have to be intentional. And, and we started talking about that. And that's something that you really gravitated to. How have you been able to create leadership capacity? Yeah, Rob, I remember when you and I first started talking about this idea of capacity. And and I I had this um I, I had this just kind of a dichotomy in my in my brain. I was super excited about it, this idea of of creating capacity and dry powder, but also I was a little bit afraid. Uh, you know, how or 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 uh, maybe afraid is not the right word. I was I was um I didn't realize I, I couldn't figure out how I could squeeze another thing in. You know, my my calendar was already just um overflowing. But but this idea of capacity of dry powder really resonated with me. And um I, I recognized that it was something that that I wanted to put into my leadership more, this idea of being intentional about a strategy, intentional about growth, intentional about development. And uh, so you shared an idea with me that um, uh, you had, you had uh, uh, worked with another leader and, and basically it was to just calendar some time. Uh, and uh, whether that was an hour or two or, or a day, and so initially I, I decided uh, I was really going to go for it. And I, I blocked an entire day in my calendar. I set a pattern uh, for, for the whole year, the, the uh, third Thursday of every month. And uh, that I was going to just knuckle down and, uh, and focus on capacity. And, and that small little change in, in my leadership has really um, produce some pretty exciting results. But let's talk about that then. There's a lot of ways we can create capacity, but that idea of a capacity, you did a capacity day. I, I like to call it capacity day. And we I've never had someone talk about this today. And I want to see if I can make sure that our listeners got what you just said. I think it was really clear. You basically created thinking time, strategy time, you know, time where you say, I'm not going to be distracted, even though doing your job with all these leaders and facilities that you are responsible for, that's not distraction. That's your job. You created a time where you say, the focus is going to be, how do I get better at something? How do I create uh, improvement at something? And your way of creating capacity was to have a day to figure out what you wanted to get better at. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it sounds so simple. Um, but but the the um, intentional time to focus on thinking and growth and strategy and learning and uh, you know that's that's basically what it is. So so let's talk about this. I want to get your your blueprint on what a good capacity day looks like because you started and you, you've actually had some really remarkable things happen about it. And I want to share uh, a couple of those stories because I think they're going to get some attention. But I I've had a few people do this. Like one of the guys I work with, he is a VP of sales that gets pitched by sales technology companies all the time. And he said, even though I may not be buying, I want to be educated on what's happening. So I'm going to have one Friday a month where the, that day I'm going to take vendor meetings for the sole purpose of learning what's happening in my marketplace and in my world right now. So I could be educated on it. And he told me, wow, that was my learning time about what people are doing to do better or do different or whatever. And, and I thought that was really interesting. You've done it in your own way. And, and like, how do you figure out what you're going to do in your capacity today? Do you like take notes in between on the, on the, on the 
weeks in between your capacity days to say, these are things I want to dive into? Like, how do you figure out what it is? Because your first one was about onboarding, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think for me, Rob, uh, my capacity days really center around my leadership philosophy. Uh, you know, I'm, I want to build gold standard operations. I'm creating life-changing years for the people I lead. I create and innovate best new practices, and I'm intentional about growth, both both personally and professionally. And so um, as I focus on those capacity days, I'm really focused on this leadership philosophy and, and um, you know, driving intentionally how, how we're going to achieve those kinds of things. So, for example, uh, as I look at the landscape of everything that I do, um, you know, are there are there challenges or or obstacles that are preventing me or us um, from getting to those those um, end outcomes? You know, what what is in the way of the very best programs in the entire world? And so I I'm thinking through some of those things and then strategically trying to piece together um, uh, how how I'm going to do that. So yes, as I don't actually I don't keep a list per se, but as um, I've got this day that's kind of blocked out. And as I encounter a challenge or an issue or something that needs to be, um, you know, opened up and, and uh, uh, I'm, I'm the, I'm the wolf, I'm the fixer. Right. So that's right. Let's go. You need to watch that movie if you haven't seen it, cause you'll, you'll relate to it. Okay. <clears throat> uh, so, you know, I basically, I just start calendaring my, my capacity day. I've blocked it, but now I'm starting to calendar it. Gosh, we we really need some innovation um, with uh, with a particular piece of technology. So I'm skimming the market and I'm working with our internal teams to find out what kind of tech is available. And now I've blocked out two hours in the morning to go meet with this vendor and listen to their sales pitch and hear what they've got to say. And then in the afternoon, you know, we we really need to focus on um, uh, creating clarity. For our new leaders who are coming into the organization and helping them to understand what is a really compl complicated and, and dynamic culture in a campus environment. So in the afternoon, that's what I'm going to focus on. I'm going to focus on on developing that or, you know, whatever it is. But um, so I've, I've basically got four weeks uh, to to plan that day and then and then the day to execute it. And, and it's proven to be really, really effective. So before we get into like some examples, how do you keep distractions? And again, you have a really important job. Our leaders have really important jobs. You have people who need your help as a leader and they look to you for a lot of different reasons. How do you keep that day protected? Are there any secrets on how you protect that day? So less emails, less phone calls, less fires you got to fight. Every leader that's listening to you right now will relate to those three things that I just said. Any, any way that you keep the bus driver's bell to, to stop ringing for the next stop while you're doing that? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. Um, you know, I, I, I've learned that um, we, we can be in control of our calendar and we can be in control of what, what happens to a large extent. You know, we can't, we can't control whether there, there's a fire, but, but we can control um, how, how we use our time. Uh, so on this capacity day, do I have to respond to emails? Sure. Um, but I schedule that. I schedule that as part of my capacity day, right? Um, I know I've got to take care of it. So a couple of blips throughout the day, 
Um, I've scheduled to take care of, of reading through my emails, uh, making Beautiful. sure taking care of my clients. Uh, and, and then I've also blocked the day. So, uh, if I get a calendar or invite that comes, you know, somebody wants to meet about something, I just politely ask if we can move it to the next day. And, and it's, it's never a problem. So intentionality is continues to be important. Like this isn't something that you'll see how it goes. No, I'm protecting this. I've scheduled when I'll do my emails. That's a great lesson for our, our lead, our listeners right there. If you get back to someone in an hour or two, most of the time they think that's a fast response time, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you know you have a block in the morning for email and a block in the afternoon for email, it gives you a chance to do that in a way you don't have to stress over it and see what's going on. If there's a fire, you'll probably hear the fire alarm anyway. Most things aren't fires, right? Like you said, I can politely ask and I can push it off. Uh, I, I think that's a huge lesson uh, that you can be in charge of how you handle those exter external influences. Is that is that small yeah, set? Yeah. That yeah, yeah, it is. And, and Rob, you know what? Sometimes on, on, I've been doing this now for nine or 10 months. And on a couple of occasions, there has been a legitimate conflict on that, on that third Thursday of the month, you know, there's a conference or a, or, or a client meeting I've got to attend. But when that happens again, I'm intentional and I move that capacity day and, and move my block so that I don't circumvent what I have found to be just a critical pattern for growth and improvement and so I think through all of it, you have to be intentional. Um, I hold that day as I would an appointment with a CEO of the company or with a president of a university. It's important. And, and if it's important, then, uh, you know, all the other things can fit around it. Okay. Uh, that's going to be, we've got a couple of really good drops that I know are going to be videos that we put into Sales Leadership United that we've got a lot of people that listen. I hope you'll go get those videos because this is really an important learn. Prioritizing yourself on your capacity is as important, you said, as a meeting with a CEO or a university president or whatever. Like, how important is it, Bronson, for a leader to prioritize themselves and their own learning and their own expanding it? Like, why did you choose to do that? Any, any insights you can share with people? Because you've been doing it, like you said, nine or 10 months. So now you've done it enough. We're about to share some pretty cool things you've done with it. Did you have to give yourself permission to say, no, nah, I got to prioritize this? Was that is it? Was that something that you had to like have that be a conscious decision of this is as important as a CEO meeting or a president meeting with another university? Yeah. I, I mean, like I said, initially, I had a lot of hesitation. <clears throat> because there are a lot of really important things that have to happen. And I didn't want to shortchange my clients. I didn't want to shortchange my team by, by carving out this time. And I was already busy. Yes. Right? <laughs> uh, but, but what I've learned, Rob, are two, I think, really two really important lessons. Let's go. Number one, we as leaders reach a ceiling in our leadership. We, we, we lead to a point where... Um, we, we're out of capacity, right? We, we need to expand our capacity to, to lead so that we can lead better. And if we can lead better, then we have better outcomes. Our teams are more focused. And so if we're just leading the way that we've always led, if we're always, if we're doing the things that we've always done, we're going to continue to get the same kinds of outcomes. 
But if we want to accelerate our growth, if we want to accelerate our performance, we have to change. Mm. The only way that we can change, you know, we'll, we'll change over time, right? We, we step in potholes and, and fall down and skin, skin our knees and we learn lessons and, and, and those are important. But if we're intentional about growing, we can really amplify and accelerate our, the performance of our team. So, um, yeah, it was really hard. That's, that's um, a, a challenge. But, but what I have learned, the, the second lesson is that um, it, really, it really works. Uh, it, it really produces results. You quit banging your head against the same problems. <laughs> you you quit uh, uh, you know falling into the same the same mire and pothole and 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 there really is improvement. And so we as leaders are important. We we're important for ourselves. We're important for our teams. We're important for our clients. And and we have to we have to treat ourselves like we're important and. And if we'll take care of that, I think, um, you know, I, I, at least for me, gosh, the, the results have just been pretty cool. All right. We're going to get into that. By the way, you just gave me the title of this episode, Quit Banging Your Head Against the Same Problems. Man, that's what a great insight. I, I was doing a sales kickoff yesterday uh, in New England. And one of the things I talked about with the team was the thing you should fear most is being the exact same next year as you were this year. Right. Yeah. And, and that should scare you. So, so let's get into this. Like, so you told us a little bit about how you approach a capacity day. Let's talk about a story or two of what a capacity day has done for you. Do you mind sharing a story or two? Like, I love, like I mentioned already your onboarding one, but I, like you pick, like talk, talk us through like what, how you picked the topic, what you kind of did, and then what the impact was for you and your organization. Yeah, well, Rob, one one thing that one one really um, I think exciting thing that has come out of these capacity days is a mindset change for me about growth. That wow, I'm I'm thinking about growth all of the time now, not just on my capacity days. So so one of the things that I did um, that that kind of came off of these this capacity day was I attended a a conference, something that in the past. Um, I didn't prioritize because I was busy, um, but I attended a, a facilities conference and I, I heard a great um, uh, keynote speech from Aaron Brockovich. And she said, wow, the, the title of her speech was Superman isn't coming. And, uh, you know, I think as all of us in our organizations, we have challenges um, as well as good things. I, I mean, I work for an exceptional organization that that values and allows me to be innovative and creative and uh, but, but like every organization we have, um, we have needs, we have challenges that we work through. And, and so, um, I, I think I realized that I could be a change agent. I could fix, um, not just, uh, you know, this program or that program, but I could improve things for everybody. So, so one thing that is challenging in, in the university campus environment, we kind of highlighted a little bit ago. And, and um, this is the onboarding piece that you, you talked about, Rob. But um, campus culture is very dynamic. You have lots of departments, uh, lots, of, uh, lots of people, lots of stakeholders, um, different uh, needs and, and um, expectations. And um, 
so I, I was I was finding that um, if somebody was entering in the into the campus environment who hadn't been there before, you know, coming from a different a different industry, the transition was really difficult because they lacked the clarity they needed with their role. Uh, who are the who are the, the the stakeholders and and how do we work with them and so uh, I decided to fix it and and I wrote uh, basically this guide for for my my teams uh, starting there you know how do we how do they accelerate their performance how do they um, create capacity how can I help them create capacity more quickly and. Uh, so uh, it, it's been a really exciting innovation and, and now we're using it, uh, it we're, we're working on using it um, across the FM segment. So um, it's been a, a game changer and I think it's gonna continue to elevate our programs and build gold standard operations and create life-changing years for the people that I lead. So that's, that's one of them. Um, so let's sit in that for a second. I wanna sit in that for a second. So you got, like I said, you got a lot of people listening right now and, and many people, are dependent. Again, we got big companies, small companies. Every industry is represented in what who, the people that are listening to you right now. Like think of all the different industries they're here listening to. All of them have this responsibility to help to to lead people and help them be successful. I would say over 85% of them are reliant on other people to do things like onboarding or other training tools. Like they have an L&D department or a training department that they're kind of reliant on to bring tools to them. You had something that you wanted, you had something that you needed, you had something that maybe in the past you'd been reliant on, this guide that you talked about that was very specific because since you're front line or you're close to the people that are the front line, you knew where those gaps were and maybe in a way that people that are farther removed didn't understand. You said, I'm going to take charge of this because Superman ain't coming to save me. I'm going to use this to take a first run at the hill to create something that works. Um, once you decided you wanted to do that, how how quickly were you able to go from, I need to do something about this to, I have a, a working model. Might not have been perfect, but a working model. How how long did that take you? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. I, I personally really love to write, Rob. Uh, it's a sort of a side hobby and passion of mine and and I had been drafting this document in my head uh, for a couple of years you know gosh we really need to talk about this we need to talk about this and um, so for me the draft came together pretty quickly I think I wrote it in a couple of capacity days and uh, wow um, had it you know sort of sort of the framework ironed out you and I worked together on it and and you provided some really great um, uh, a really great framework really to kind of build it out that made it clear, made the expectations clear. And um, so from that point, um, you know, there, there's been editing and um, marketing gloss and stuff like this added to it. And, and it's still kind of in process. So in, you know, in total process, it's probably been seven or eight months, but uh, well worth the time spent because, right. If, if we didn't do it, we'd still be where we were seven months ago. And I think that's an important lesson that I've learned through these capacity days is that um, uh, we can we can change the world. You know, I think that that feels like a, a big idea, but but 
small things and taking the initiative, um, we can make a big difference. We can we can help a lot of people. Bronson, you're a humble guy. And so I'm going to make you a little uncomfortable. So forgive, I'm going to ask for forgiveness, not permission here. Okay. And uh, that worked pretty well for your team, but it also turned a lot of heads inside your organization. I, I want our leaders to know that when you take initiative to figure something out, when you know Superman's not coming and you do it in the way that's chasing excellence and chasing the best, I think I'm putting a puzzle piece together here that I want our listeners to, you have this philosophy around gold standards and chasing the best. You decided to use your own capacity today to figure out how to solve something that you knew needed to be solved. You were intentional about creating that couple of sessions. You had a working draft, got the rest of the pieces. Then you started using it. It worked. It turned some heads inside your organization, didn't it? Yeah. Um, it, uh, you know, I, because of this, this, this um, document, I was invited to join a, a, a really important task force <clears throat> Um, that is um, reinventing the way that we onboard talent and and really um, creating those life-changing years for the people that we lead. And so I've been invited to participate in a much bigger and much more um, important effort, which has been really exciting. Um, and then I think there's been uh, just some, you know, some acknowledgement of the value of this, um, this guide that I wrote for Campus Culture um, to a broader audience. And, and so there's been some good discussion about that. And um, I, I, I just anticipate that um, there, there are more good things coming, but I feel like it's, it's set a trajectory um, organizationally and also personally um, for some really exciting things to happen, not just in my district, but for the organization. Hey. And so that's what I wanted people to hear. You doing something for your team has created not just team impact. It's been done well enough because you chase excellence that it's now created organizational impact and you're creating a gold standard for the organization, not just your team. Fair? Yeah. Well, you know what, Rob? I think that this idea of capacity is, is so exciting because we all work for teams and with people and for organizations where everybody is busy. Yeah. Everybody has lots to do. And so we can be the change agent. We can, with this small little, little um, you know, effort to step back and create capacity, you really do become elite. You become, um, you become different. Uh, and, and you can, you can really, um, I think shape um, how, how things go and, and your impact can be really big. Okay. We're going to sit in that. I didn't, I didn't, that's, that was a nugget that I want people to think about how many people are busy. Everybody's busy, right? Everybody's busy, but you said, I'm not going to let being busy stop me from doing what will help me grow. And you said something else, small changes are what helps you become elite. And, Here's, here's a, a, a quote you've heard me say lots of times. Elite leaders do consistently what average ones do occasionally. And you have made a commitment to doing consistently finding ways to create capacity so you can create growth. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's true. And and gosh, uh, um, another maybe another quick example here. Um, yeah. 
Oh, I'm going to be a little vague about it because there's some proprietary no. stuff. But yeah, of course, uh, of course. Uh, you know, we uh, I recognize a need with my team, um, a general need with my team um, that they were all lacking a specific skill set. Uh, that that's pretty important in in what we we, we do and and the resources are there, um, but what I what I sensed was. Um, that this particular area was causing a lot of stress for my team. And, and as a result, it was causing a lot of stress for me. And so okay. I, I decided to help create capacity for my team. And I pulled in the best resources in the company who were really good in this particular area. And I, I carved out time over and over and over month after month after month um, to focus on this area and you know what, Rob? My team is the best at this in the whole company now. Let's go. We're, we're leading the company. They don't feel stressed about it anymore. They're really jazzed about it. They feel they're, they're on cloud nine. Uh, they, they're getting recognition. And uh, gosh, they, they, they feel good about it. And I feel good about it. And the, the organization feels good about it. But I think it, it further highlights you know, we, we, we need to do things differently. We need to create capacity and we have to be intentional about creating capacity. And, and I think the best way to find or to focus your capacity is what, what is currently not working? What's causing the most stress? What's broken? Uh, and then focus your time and your effort on, on, on that and, and making it better so that you don't have to, again, keep banging your head against the same problem. What a good way to wrap that. We, I hope that this has gone as fast for you as it has me, Bronson. We've got like five, maybe six minutes left. That This time has flown by. Uh, I love your story. I love your passion about it. Um, you've given us some insights around your approach, why you need to be intentional about creating capacity. You've given us some insights on this concept of capacity day or a half day or even a couple of hours probably to get started. Uh, the idea of creating thinking time, capacity time, improvement time. Um, let's start to wrap this up. I want to make sure that people get enough time for you to share how to get in touch with you and connect to you if they want to take the conversation offline. And don't be surprised, listeners of the show are are always looking to grow. Um, so you, you may have people reaching out to you, and I hope that happens. Um, let's do this. Why would, like, as you talk to our 50,000 listeners, why should they be intentional about creating, finding ways to create capacity? Maybe it's a capacity day. There's, there's six or seven ways you can do it. That's one that we gravitated to. Why would you encourage our listeners who are colleagues of yours? They're sales leaders and you're an operational leader, but you're all leaders. You lead people and you have responsibilities to help people grow. Why would you encourage them to be very intentional in prioritizing how they create capacity? Yeah, Rob, I mean, I... I think all of us have a choice. We can continue to do the same things that we've always done. We can we can flatline in our leadership. We can uh, we can choose to be mediocre, um, or we can choose to to be the very best. We can choose to grow. We can choose to change and and improve the way that we lead our teams. And so, you know, I guess the choice is, is, is ours um, to make. And if you want to be elite, if you want to be, um, if you want to be the best, if you want to chase excellence, 
uh, for me, capacity uh, and this idea of, of creating capacity is really the dry powder that, that you talk about, Rob. And so, um, you know, if that's what you want to be, then you've got to be intentional about making the choice to do it. And uh, sometimes you've got to sort of take this little leap of faith that it, that it's going to work out. Right. That, that, yeah, baby, that Indiana Jones style, right. You got to leap. Yeah. Take that step take, out over. Take, yeah. that, take that leap because uh, I I'll tell you that today um, my, my, uh, my problems are smaller. They're the same problem, but we handle them differently. My, my team is more well-equipped the organization is better. Uh, I I find that I have more time to focus on growth and development because I'm not banging my head against the same problems. And so, uh, I, I, the choice is yours, right? And and for me, it's an easy choice. It's I want it's I want to make sure I, I interpreted something, and I want to say it what you just said in maybe a slightly different way to give our listeners a chance to have this hit home. You said it's a choice. You said it was as simple as making choice. This is a low cost way to improve. This isn't paying to go someplace or hire somebody or any of those things. You don't need to get someone from the outside. You don't need to go get, you made a choice to say, I'm going to take a small portion of my time. I'm going to prioritize it to grow. So it's a low cost investment, but the yield on the other side is massive. Am I, am I, am I representing that the right way or am I simplifying it too much? Yeah, man, if I could find a financial investment that yielded as much as this has, <laughs> I, man, I'd, I'd throw all my money at it because you're right. It doesn't, it hasn't cost me anything, but um, the return has been huge, both financially uh, in, in a lot of great ways, as well as organizationally and personally. And there's, you know, there's, there's so much benefit. Yes. You Last thing right. I'm going to ask, and then I want you to share how they get a hold of you. Has this had an impact on your relationship with your team? Are, are they even more receptive to growth and improvement because you've been so intentional? Have you seen any kind of, and if you haven't, don't make it up. But if you have, have you seen a, a change with your team? Because you said your problems are smaller. So that makes me wonder, has that had an impact on your team? Absolutely. hundred percent. I, 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 I hear about my team and how they're developing capacity too. This is something that I've talked to them about. That I've been passionate with them about and, you know, it's exciting because it, it's it's really like we've we've lit some fires and and now we've got this wildfire that's just blazing. I've got directors who are now focused on um, creating and innovating best new practices, and and they're excited to share with me. I was just on a call earlier this week with one of my directors, and he said, you know, we we fixed this problem, we fixed it at the root. Um, and I, I another director who who sent up the chain some really cool new um, products that he he's found that are going to make a difference for our team. And, um, you know, just lots of different ways, but yes, there's, there's definitely an excitement about being better and uh, being excellent. All right. How do I hope you have a bunch of people. I'm going to tell our listeners, we all need to increase our community with, uh, with other leaders. Yes. Sales leaders, but also other leaders. I, my mission with this show is to bring elite leaders to you. And I hope you can tell Bronson's one of them. Okay. Bronson is one of them. And this dude, as good as he is now, he'll be better tomorrow than he is today. And that's something all of us sh should be choosing is how do we make tomorrow better than it was today? So reach out to Bronson, connect with him, make him part of your network. Bronson, how do people that are listening to the show connect to you? Yeah. You can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Bronson Terry. 
and uh, I'd love to connect with you there and we can message and um, we can move move conversations from that point if we want to get even deeper. Perfect. I'll, I'll put your LinkedIn uh, page in the show notes to make it easy for everyone to get there. Great. We have like a minute. Got a final thought? Yeah, a lot of people listening. Uh, this has been an incredible episode. It went so fast, Bronson, and, and I'm so grateful. On behalf of 50,000 listeners, thank you for spending an hour of your time to, to give people some insights, not only why capacity matters, but a couple of examples on how you did it in a way that was low cost, but high impact. I, I think that those are important things, low cost, high impact, and, and it helped in ways that you said were pretty measurable. Do you have a final thought? Like if you were to put like the cherry on top of this Sunday we just made together, what what would that cherry on top be in like a, a minute or two? Yeah. Well, um, uh, maybe I'm going to make a little plug for you, Rob. Uh, Rob is an absolutely life-changing coach. And Thank you. He, he has uh, just been uh, just absolutely monumental in my my change in my leadership this last year. So Rob, I really appreciate um, the opportunity I've had to work with you and uh, you know, Rob's focus on uh, this idea that elite leaders do consistently what mediocre ones only do occasionally. It's true. And uh, so I just, you know, there's, there's a lot of great things, Rob, that you bring to the table. This is just one of them. Uh, and uh, I, I could t- we could talk here for for days about the the things that have changed and become better um, by by applying these kind of small and simple ideas. And so um, you know, start with capacity and and uh, and then uh, let Rob show you how to, to do even more. Ah. <laughs> All right, Bronson, you're awesome. I, by the way, that was unsolicited, so I, I I hope our listeners don't feel like I put you up to that. So I really appreciate well, that, you, man. Thank you. 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 You really didn't, and I really <laughs> thank you. Listen, his name is Bronson Terry. This guy is changing things at one of the largest companies in the world. Uh, Sodexo is a massive organization, and he has found a way to have small, intentional improvements have significant changes. Why? So he doesn't have to keep banging his head on the same problems day after day and year after year. And if you found yourself having your your own uh, leadership version of Groundhog Day, where you wake up and fight the same problems, go back and listen to Bronson. My advice is connect him. This guy has figured out how to chase excellence. This guy has found a way to make change be something that his team is excited about. Because it's not just they have to. We're doing things different because it's going to help us be the best. And if there's one thing that stood out to me, all of Bronson's success in connecting and improving came from a a start of, I don't want to just be average. I want to be the best. I want to be elite. I want to do the very best I'm capable of doing. And as a result, you heard it 10 times. He wants to create life-changing years. This is an example of a leader who gets it. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope that this will help you in your leadership uh, philosophy and journey. And Bronson, on behalf of a lot of people around the world, thanks for joining us. And here's to having the best be in front of us, brother, and not behind us. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another So What portion of the Sales Leadership Podcast, where we break down that interview and we ask ourselves, why did that conversation even matter? But first, this episode is brought to you by Sales Leadership United. Sales Leadership United has had so much growth, and I am so grateful to each of you who have chosen to check us out. Listen, the purpose of Sales Leadership United is simple. I want to give you access to the largest collection of sales leadership assets in the world. 
Listen, I coach over 100 sales leaders. They're in big companies. They're in new companies. They're in every industry that matters. I'm talking about people that are new to leadership, people that are new to a company. I'm talking about people that are the most senior and tenured people in the world that have been with our company for 30 years and everything in between. And every single one of them wants more tools, more insights, more perspective. How do I continue to stay at the top of my game, in front of the curve, and create elite experiences as you chase excellence as Brownson talked about. If you're in the business of chasing excellence, Sales Leadership United is a tool you will want to check out. The number one question that I get though is really simple. What are other leaders like me doing to solve problems like the ones I'm facing right now? And honestly, that's why you want to check out Sales Leadership United. You don't need to reinvent everything. This is a resource that gives you all the tools, all the training, all the techniques. It gives you perspective that comes only from the benefit of thousands of hours with other leaders from all around the world. And if you haven't checked out Sales Leadership United, head to salesleadershipunited.com and use the code ROB to get a free trial at checkout. Now, this episode was really satisfying for me and it was really fun for me. Uh, because I've had this chance to work with Bronson for a year. My, my work with leaders all around the world started as sales leaders only, and now it's got me working with more than just sales leaders. As we have success, organizations want other leaders to get these leadership frameworks, and, and it's been awesome. And that's how I got introduced to, to uh, Bronson, because I get this opportunity to work with executive leaders, operational leaders, finance leaders, marketing leaders, and of course, sales leaders. Bronson's one of the top operational leaders I've ever had the opportunity to meet. Listen, he was a fantastic leader before he and I ever had the opportunity to work together. I've had the pleasure of spending about a year working closely with him. And it's been amazing to see just how much a fantastic leader can grow when he chooses to. When I think of Bronson, I'm, I'm reminded of that important truth I've shared many, many times. And here it is. Talent is a gift. But growth, that's a choice. We don't grow just by grinding. We only grow by choosing. Bronson is a perfect example to every single listener of what happens when we choose growth. Bronson's, his progress was immediate and it was evident. And I want to say it again, he was already one of the top leaders in his organization. And when he dove into these frameworks and, and chasing excellence, he almost immediately had things happen. And so my favorite experience with him, though, had to be around this concept of the capacity day. His success was fantastic. He realized that he was stretched so thin that we have to be intentional if we want to do more than just keep the train on the tracks. And we can't just keep the train on the tracks. Our job is to engineer the greatest year in company history every single year. And so if you pay attention to the very beginning of my conversation with Bronson, you're going to see that he quickly identifies that he has a very intentional commitment to excellence. He has a commitment to being the very best he is capable of becoming. And that shows through in every single thing he does. And I hope that it was as evident to you as it was to me. Nothing we do as leaders will have impact unless we do it for authentic reasons. Bronson said it in a way that I really liked. We have to quit banging our heads against the same problems. And some of the sales leaders I work with and some of you on the show that you're listening to the show, 
you may think about it the way that a sales leader says it. We better not lose for the same reasons in 2024 as we did in 2023. So I come back to excellence. It's something you have to intentionally choose to chase. And I love how Bronson frames the excellence concept. He said, perfection is not attainable, but excellence is. So I hope you take from this episode a renewed commitment to chase excellence. It's making me think of a scene in Talladega Nights with Ricky Bobby. And those of you that are fans are laughing right now as I say it. But I will say this, the only way you're going to actually do this, you're going to have success in this chase to excellence is if you have capacity. Excuse me. Capacity is a dried powder that fuels growth. And if you haven't tried a capacity day, that concept of a capacity day, try it. We've given you a good blueprint. I'm going to have some great video snippets so you don't need to listen to the whole 45 minutes again. I'm going to have some video snippets in Sales Leadership United of this to make it easy. And I have some really good training in Sales Leadership United to make it easy to, to take advantage of the capacity day. Try it. It's this low-cost, high-reward activity. Bronson shared some really great insights about how to make that happen. So schedule it, even if you just dabble with it and make it just for a couple of hours. And then after you schedule it, plan it. Me, I personally keep a note file on my phone where I'm always keeping ideas of what to explore on my capacity days. This list has gotten really robust, and I have a lot of fun as I start getting closer to my next capacity day saying, which one am I going to dive into? And, and, and when you choose to be intentional, there's so many areas you can take it. Here's just six or seven ideas. Reflection. Reflection on capacity day is so important. What's working, what's not. Education. With a good example is AI. You're not going to learn how to use AI in your world unless you take time to learn about it. Educate. Capacity day is a great time to work on specific educational things. Personal growth. What are the skills you need to improve as a leader? Strategy. Sometimes we have to have this thinking time so we can say, are we going where we need to go? Tools. Are we equipped the right way? Training would be part of that as well. Um, process development or adjustments to it. Like, there's really no limit. I find myself looking forward to my capacity days. I avoid the distractions. I make sure that that time is my time. And I'll tell you this. I agree with Bronson. Capacity will help you change trajectory faster than anything else you might do. Because we're all busy. But as Thoreau says, it's not enough to be busy. So are the ants. The question is, what are we busy about? So my challenge to you is use capacity day or a half day or an hour or two to make sure you're refocused on how you grow. Because if you don't choose growth, you won't grow. And the only option you'll have is to grind. I hope you learn from Bronson that making the decision to make small changes leads to incredible results. In Bronson's case, company-changing results, career-changing results, life-changing results. The Capacity Day is one of the lowest cost, highest reward concepts you will ever try as a leader. So try it. You have nothing to lose and something to gain. Schedule some thinking time, learning time, strategy time, your time. And then let me know how they go. I love getting the DMs from you. I hope to get flooded with questions and stories about the power you find in capacity days. So change your mindset around capacity. Change your mindset around growth. 
and make a high priority meeting your capacity day. Make it something you take seriously. And if if you're inter, if you're intentional about how you grow and how you create capacity, the results may surprise you in a way that will change your career. So Bronson, thank you for joining me. Thank you for sharing your insights. Congratulations on the incredible success you've had with your team. Your intentional approach to excellence has been a game changer and it's something that fires me up. Chasing excellence is contagious and I love the impact you've created with your team of leaders that you lead. So be sure to connect with Bronson. Ask him for pointers and capacity days. Kick around ideas about how you chase excellence. You'll find him to be a really great colleague. Getting insights from someone who isn't necessarily uh, consumed with the blind pursuit of sales can be really helpful. I advise you to link up with him on LinkedIn. You're going to find that not only is Bronson a great person, but he's a great collaborator. Give him a chance and add him to your network. And then be sure to head to Sales Leadership United for the video clips of this conversation. Uh, I have a great series of clips with Bronson and then hundreds of other sales leaders. You're going to want to check these ones out in particular about creating powerful capacity days and mindsets. Finally, thanks to each of you, our listeners. The greatest compliment I give is when you share the show with those you work with. Introduce them to the Sales Leadership Podcast. Leave us a review on iTunes, and you can support the show by checking out Sales Leadership United. Head to Patreon and check it out. I promise you'll be glad you did. Thank you for your support of the Sales Leadership Podcast. Our job as sales leaders is to create life-changing years for the people we lead. If you like this message, please share it this week with someone who needs to hear it, and then get after it. Life is short. We got no guarantee of what comes tomorrow. So maximize your today. Be elite, live strong, and chase your passions and do your best work so you can live your best life. And don't ever forget, you got this and I got you. Here's to a terrific week. Thank you so much for joining the Sales Leadership Podcast, the award-winning sales leadership podcast for those sales leaders looking to create legendary impact to those they lead. The greatest compliment you can give is to share this show and any of your favorite episodes with your fellow sales leaders, social media followers, or other communities you're part of. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by the Jepson Performance Group. If you want to discuss any of the topics discussed on the show, want to level up your leadership impact, discuss executive coaching services, or even include me at an upcoming event, hit me up at rob at jetpg.com. That's rob at jeppg.com. And to those of you working to become a legendary sales leader, I salute you and wish you much success on your journey. Whenever you need someone in your corner, you know where to find me.